0: AOM 2020, that stands for Annual Orthopedic Meeting of the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy, their big, big conference, April 3rd and 4th in 2020 in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Mall of America, Head, Spine, and Shoulder Disorders, integration over isolation is the topic this year. What will you learn? Why should you go? Highlighting the orthopedic and vestibular factors affecting patients with concussion injuries, interconnection of head and neck complex, relationship between the neck and shoulder, lab break. Breakouts focused on skill acquisition. That's what you're going to get. Ariel Giordano, Rob Landell, Joseph Godges, Paula Ludwig, and Lieutenant Colonel James T. Mills are your featured speakers. Check out more at orthopt.org.
1: I've been in this profession now going on 15 years. I'm convinced that we are at least 50% psychologists. If you can get into someone's head and really change the way that they're thinking about their situation, you can really affect an outcome completely outside of whatever physical therapy you're delivering. If you're able to connect with someone and they have this belief that you are there helping them and you're invested in it as a professional, you are more than likely going to have good outcomes. On
0: the show, a fellow Marymount Saint, yeah, that's where I went to PT school, uh, Brian Williams comes on the show. Brian owns Concierge Physical Therapist. It's a concierge uh, physical therapy program. See, the name just tells you what it is. Uh, he founded it in 2010. Ten, and is now up to about 13 colleagues working with him across the country. We get into really what concierge physical therapy is because I'm pretty sure you and I have both heard the term, but let's hear the nuance. What really is it like in terms of day-to-day and behind the scenes that you don't normally see on social media? And ultimately, what is being a concierge physical therapist give you? Then we get into the state of the industry and some things you should think about if you ever want to be a concierge physical therapist yourself. Episode is brought to you by Owen's Recovery science They are a single source. Let's call them the single source for physical therapists who want to add personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training to their clinical toolbox, along with the equipment you need to apply it properly and safely in clinical practice. These are the guys. Find the research, more information about it, and ultimately where Johnny and his team are going to be around the country. The website to do it, owensrecoveryscience.com.
2: The best conversations happen at happy hour. Welcome to ours. Welcome aboard. This is the PT Pinecast. Here's your host, physical therapist, Jimmy McKay.
0: So I got the information that you uh, that you filled out on that form. I think it's great. Uh, yeah. Um, I kind of yeah. wanted to structure it two ways. First, I want to make sure the audience is on the same page. Uh, I think, yeah. and, I, and I think you can agree, number one, people know the term concierge PT, but probably don't yep. know what it means or, or what it actually means from someone who's doing it. Right. So I want to start there and just kind of look into like, you know, define it. What, you know, what's a day look like? You know, what does it give you in terms of like, I'm guessing freedom, flexibility, uh, th- those sort of things. Then can talk about like the state of the industry, cash practices. Sure. Uh, couldn't agree more, but this is not my area. But I hate uh-huh. when people are saying, oh my gosh, this is so easy. Anybody can do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> whenever I hear that, I go, yeah. Cause I mean, everybody and their mom has a podcast. I was like, right this way. Uh, you can show me yeah, how, right, how, it, right. how, it, how it's easy. I'm not yeah. saying it's impossible, but I'm guessing there's a lot more that goes into it when, when people are trying to sell you something. Yeah.
1: So in, in terms of concierge and, you know, how does that, what does that mean exactly in the day to day life of a quote unquote concierge physical therapist? You know, the term certainly, I think, it, you know, it evokes some, a certain level of quality associated with using that term in a a, a name of your your company or a branding term or a marketing term. And to that point, uh, you know, the the one-on-one nature of the service is really what I tried to use that term for in our marketing strategy and our our business name is that this is, this is here. We're here for our clients one-on-one. We're here for them, whether it's a bunion, whether it's a headache, whether it's a knee replacement, every therapist that works with me, I I want their clients to think of them as their PT. That's the person they call. That's the person they think of. Anything happens to them physically, whether they're traveling, they stumble at home. Oh, I have to call Brian because this hurts. It's going to hurt more. I've got to get on top of that. That's what we're looking for in the the therapists that work for us. And that's the culture that we're creating um, and have created with with concierge physical therapists. Now, I think a lot of medical, other medical providers have used that term in sort of like a, you know, a subscription type service where you pay me $100 a month or whatever much uh, a year and that entitles you to so many visits. We've we've shied away from that just because, you know, it, logistically, I think it's a lot harder to manage keeping track of visits and payments and whatnot. Um, in my opinion, I'm sure it works for, for other healthcare providers and their models, but um, I, I shied away with from that on purpose and just wanted to use that, that term concierge as, you know, really a high level service that comes to you. And it's really all about the client. It's not about insurance companies. It's not about the physician that may have written them, uh, you know, eval and treat prescription. Sure. It's it's really about whatever they want us to deal with. And, you know, we have some clients, they, they want to talk for 15 or 20 minutes of of their hour appointment. And, we are more than happy to talk uh, with them about their anatomy, mechanisms of injury, whatever it is. And we often get that aha point from a client where they say, you know, I've been dealing with this knee problem for 10 years and no one has ever explained it to me. And you just did it. And you know, it's sort of that, that point where it's like, yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And in in terms of, you know, what is the day-to-day life of, of a therapist working for us look like? Uh, it varies quite a bit you know we're in multiple markets now uh, we started this in Washington DC 10 years ago I started it just because I was disenchanted in my my regular outpatient ortho clinic and decided you know I needed to, to break away and figure out how to give everything I could to a client with every appointment and, and not feel burnt out you know frankly I was I was feeling that burnout and I was only three years out of school and wow. the, the prospect of the prospect of you know another twenty years in in that profession in that setting was really uh, you know a daunting one to me. So sure. um, I took a leap of faith and and started this business just myself. It was strictly a cash practice. I had a, a number of uh, amazing uh, initial clients that were referring me to everybody that they could, and that it took off nicely from there. And I would say within a year um, I had a new problem I was getting you know burnt out in a different way from this this business I had created and I had to figure out how to scale it from there and how to bring other people into the practice and and that's you know we're still in that position we have probably about 12 or 13 therapists working for us in various parts of the country now and I'm still trying to scale it I'm still trying to get therapists um, like-minded therapists who can really understand what we're going for on board and to help build it even more. Love it. Website
0: you know. is conciergephysicaltherapist.com, Instagram at conciergephysicaltherapist. I don't know if you remember this, but you you actually came and get, gave a demo when I was in PT school to my class.
1: Do you remember this? I, I vaguely remember you. Uh, I definitely remember the, doing the demo. I think it was a dry needling demo. Yep. You know, fellow Marymount grad. Yeah. Um, great program. You know, the the school and the programs changed quite a bit since I graduated. Uh, you guys have the fancy new, new building there. Uh, in Arlington, we were in the old ugly building. But, hey, 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 hang uh, on. Yeah.
0: I, I did one year. I did, I did my time. I did one year in the Blue oh, you Goose. Did?
1: Yeah, one year. Okay. And then I went to the yeah. nice one. Yeah, well, you definitely <laughs> got the better end of that deal. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember uh, dry needling. Yeah. Yep. You know, I, I started dry needling, gosh, it, it was quickly after I graduated, probably in 2008. And it quickly became a, a big part of my practice. I I came into physical therapy actually from a massage therapy background. I was working as a massage therapist and put myself through PT school. So I was very hands-on and still am uh, today. You know, just uh, joint mobilizations, manipulations, PNF, anything that I can do to get my hands physically on a client, I was all about. And the needling was sort of an extension of that. It certainly is much more effective, much more precise, and certainly saves my my hands and, Mm -hmm. and wrists from from that work so I've been doing it now, I guess, over uh, 10 years, and it certainly has, has grown quite a bit uh, within the industry since yeah. then, for sure.
0: Yeah, I feel like it was, I was in PT school from th- uh, 13 to 16, and I feel like that was a three-year period where it was, you know, the buzz topic. Much much like, you know, concierge or cash-based is now um, that, yeah. that thing that's having the big, the big spotlight on it in terms of the, 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 the conversations on social media and between colleagues. I feel like dry needling that, that 2012, 2013, to 2016 was kind of its moment
1: yeah uh, i think uh, especially in that time frame there was a number of you know continuing education companies that really started to market their 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 classes and really became much more accessible for Uh. for pts to get those certifications and you know there's still uh, a lot unknown to me about you know some states require 50 some hours other require 80 hours there's a whole wide range of of qualifications needed to to hold that certification with within the state. So, yeah. Um, I think there's a lot to be hashed out uh, on that front, but definitely those those continuing education companies really, I think, did a, a good job in pushing the the modality forward. Yeah, well said.
0: Uh, here with Brian Williams, the founder and CEO of Concierge Physical Therapist, calls himself a problem solver, therapist, entrepreneur, and of course, a father and a husband. Hey, congratulations! Uh, you founded Concierge Physical Therapist in 2010. We're in 2020. Uh, you know, a lot of businesses, they say, fail within the first two to three years. You're at the desk decade mark. Congrats.
1: Yeah. I, I, thank you. I never, never really thought we would get 10 years, to be honest with you. As I mentioned, I was just looking for a different way to practice and to frankly uh, prolong my career. And, you know, we've, we've made it 10 years and uh, definitely a lot of learning, um, a lot of mistakes along the way, a lot of figuring out how to, to solve problems. You know, right now, the position I'm in, it's all about fires. I'm, I'm putting out fires on a daily basis, and I'm also stoking fires on a daily basis. So, it's, you know, as a business uh, person, you, you have to constantly be, you know, looking for the next thing, constantly oh, yeah. be networking, engaging, uh, just because, you know, at this point, we've probably got a good 10 revenue streams coming into the business. And you don't know if in six months, two of those might dry yeah. up. Um, A contract might cancel or something might happen. So you always have to be evolving. You always have to be changing. And it's hard because at the same time, you're trying to stay true to to, your mission, what you really, why you founded this business and what you really wanted to achieve. Um, But at the same time, constantly evolving and changing with it. Yeah.
0: I don't know, man. I'm reading a lot of stuff on social media. It's super easy, right? You just, you just, you you attend a course, (laughs) you download a PDF and you can launch one of these things.
1: Right? Or yeah. maybe maybe not so right? I I am not super active on social media, you know, but I do see on Instagram and Facebook there there are a number of cash based you know, feeds and, and courses that are offered. And they certainly do make it seem quite easy. And, you know, I I would say if they were around 10 years ago when I started this, um, it, it, it would have helped. It certainly would have helped because there, there is a roadmap of some sort out there for people that, that are looking to start this on their own. But uh, I'll tell you, it's it's one of those cases that, you know, how do you know what you don't know? You learn on the fly. You're going to be neck deep in, in questions and in problems. And you have to solve them quickly in a lot of cases. And uh, I'm happy to say that I've navigated those waters uh, successfully. And everything at this point is really, you know, process driven. We, we've, we've uh, I've taken years to develop literally the exact answer to an email inquiry um, down to the comma and the punctuation and the exact, the exact diction of words that I use. Um, that's been developed over years of, of, of finding what gets the best response and how it, how it, you know, elicits a response from people. Similarly with phone call inquiries, you know, a lot of people are surprised if they call the business that a lot of times I answer the phone and they're like, wow, how is that possible? Like you own the business, you're the CEO and you're answering the phone. Yeah. And the, the issue there is I, I want that experience for our clients to be the best from the initial co- contact to the very end. And because of that, I, I am the person that I trust most to handle it. And certainly as we continue to scale, those duties are are handed off to other people, but they're they're heavily trained on, on, on that conversation or on that email response. So it's uh, you know, there's a lot that, lot that goes into it. What are some of the,
0: I mean, I, I think you've, you've laid out a lot of the things that people could probably at least guess, even if they hadn't gone through the things that you've had to navigate. What, what is like maybe yeah. one or two of the things that nobody's going to see coming? You didn't see coming, but you had to navigate.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think there's probably a misunderstanding of the amount of administrative stuff that's still, still left for a therapist to do, even in a cash-based practice. You know, yes, it might not be you know insurance-dominated stuff, but there's still a ton of marketing that needs to be done. There's certainly you know dealing directly with clients, follow-ups, email correspondence, those types of things. I think one of the biggest challenges that I had was last year um, after uh, you know using a payment system, a popular payment system called Square, which I'm sure everyone's heard about. We had, for no real reason, Square decided they were going to basically lock down our accounts and, and stop uh, depositing, stop depositing money into our bank account for about two weeks, and you know it was right around payroll and you know we were up in you know the the tens of thousands of dollars of deposits waiting to to occur here and you know it it was a very stressful time i still to this day have no no reason why uh, square did that they said it was a a customary thing that they do every once in a while with with uh people's accounts and they sort of audit the accounts and just make sure there's no Funny money going through the or account or whatever, but it, it was very stressful. And right. uh, never, I never in a million years would have thought I would be in that position.
0: Wow, scary, yeah. And and that's the yeah. thing is uh, w- when you're when you're taking something like this on, you get the freedom and flexibility to do kind of your thing and do it your way, which is awesome. But when something goes sideways, everyone looks to you because you're the guy that's got to yeah. solve it now. You're the girl that's got to take charge and figure this out.
1: Absolutely, yep. Yeah. The, the buck stops. With me, with with a ninety five ninety five plus percent of, yeah. of what's going on there. I got to know when
0: when you were doing this in twenty ten, which is ten years yeah. ago, but does not. I mean, I don't know. It just does not feel ten years ago to me. Were people telling you, "Hey, go for it," or "Hey, this is this is the, uh, a model that's not sustainable"? What was what was the feeling like when you were saying, "I'm gonna I'm gonna step out on my own. This is the model I'm gonna do to other people in the profession"? How how did they respond?
1: Yeah, well. Well, first I want to say, uh, kudos to my wife because, um, you know, we had just, we had just purchased a house to be exact in our time. And we purchased our house in August and I started the business in, uh, November of 2010. And I told her, I was like, I I can't continue to do this. I'm just, I'm so tired. I'm feeling burnt out. I'm not getting fulfillment in, in what I, you know, what I was expecting my career to be. And she, you know, God bless her. She said, sure, go for it. And. Uh, that said, you know, that was a big support system that I needed. I wasn't stressed about, uh, about you know, marital situation because I, I decided to quit my job and start a new business. Beyond that, you know, when I told my my ex-boss who who ran and, and owned the clinic that I was working at, um, she was surprised. She she said, wow, that's, that seems like a, a very big undertaking. You know, we're in a world of... You know, a lot of people feel that healthcare and healthcare services should be free, if not very inexpensive. Mm-hmm. And I was out there, you know, telling people, um, "I'm not accepting insurance, and it's 180 dollars an hour." And that that was it. And it was, you know, you, you learn how to manage that that conversation. Um, you certainly learn how to uh, describe the difference in what you're offering versus them going down the street to a pivot or a corporate entity. And like I said uh, earlier, you know, I was really lucky that I had uh, a core clientele initially of maybe five or six clients that they, they loved me. I still keep in touch with them, and uh, they referred me to everybody, they, they, their, their neighbors, their, their family, and it, it quickly grew from that, that core clientele.
0: I'm going to throw this, uh, this phrase out there. You just tell me what you think of it. Good outcomes don't always come from good therapies. What's that mean to you?
1: Good outcomes don't always come from good therapy. Yeah, I I think, you know, as I've been in this profession now uh, going on 15 years, I'm convinced that we are at least 50% psychologists. Uh, If you can get into someone's head and really change the way that they're thinking about their situation, you can really affect an outcome completely outside of whatever physical therapy you're, you're delivering. So, you know, whether it's a placebo effect whether it's, you know, just a a psychosocial effect. If you're able to connect with someone and and they have this belief that you are there helping them and you're invested in it as a professional, um, you are more than likely going to have good outcomes. And it it doesn't, in in a lot of ways, even matter what the actual physical therapy component to it is. Certainly there are exceptions to that, but uh, I found that really, uh, as I said, you know, We are heavily involved in psychology as well as as physical therapy.
0: Yeah, well said. And hearing your response to that was reinforcing kind of a book I'm actually reading right now, which is uh, Never Split the Difference. Have you heard of this one? I haven't. It's uh, Chris Voss. He spent, I don't know, close to two decades as an FBI hostage negotiator. And he talks all about everything's a negotiation right giving and receiving information but yeah. how the tactics that a hostage negotiator because you wouldn't necessarily think that you're a hostage negotiator um, as a person either you know negotiating for a raise or a therapist working with a patient but the tactics yeah. that he used he said they're all based in psychology you know how to get someone sure. to trust you to like you to want to do the thing that you want to do you know the, the great example he says the reason the book is titled is never split the difference if I've got a bank robber with with 10 hostages I can't say, all right, keep five, I'll take five, do whatever you want. You, you can't, that's not an <laughs> outcome. Work. Right. It doesn't work. So yeah. if you take the mentality of, you know, splitting the difference isn't what I want here. How do we resolve this in, its, in a way that's going to that's gonna benefit both of us, or at least we both think it's going to benefit both of us. And that's a lot like, it made me think physical therapy. I need you to do this, yeah. but actually you need you to do this. That's my role. Correct. That's our role as a therapist. So I think that resonated with me in terms of how you responded to that.
1: Yeah, and from our our therapist side, I mean, you just have to be invested in that client, in that situation, and you can't fake it. You know, it, it, a, ther- a client's gonna know if you're faking, and you know, in the model that i have built and I'm working in, and therapists with me are, are working in, we have the time to do that. Um, And I think that's the most important thing, you know, in a a heavy, high volume clinic where you're seeing 10, 12, 15 a day, you just don't have the time um, to invest in a client like that. It is, it is, it's very unfortunate. And, you know, there are some absolute factory mills out there, PT mills, you know, 15, 20 clients a day. I, I have no idea how people sustain that past a week as a therapist. Yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't do it.
2: The PT Pinecast will be right back.
0: New Step created the first product of its kind 25 years ago. That was the New Step Recumbent Cross Trainer. Now it's a mainstay in rehab with physical therapists worldwide. New Step now continues its tradition of innovation with the New Step Transit, another innovation in recumbent cross trainers for physical therapists, delivering real-time biofeedback with this piece of equipment, letting you use it in meaningful ways for awareness of physical performance, Uh, goals, identifying and correcting deficits or imbalances. Take a test drive or find out more at newstep.com. That's N-U-STEP.com. Online at newstep.com.
2: Back to the PT Pinecast with Jimmy McKay.
0: I'm going to ask you just for one, but I feel like we got to have you back on the show sometime soon. Maybe do a series out of this. But if someone is nodding their head right now, okay, they somehow stumbled upon this podcast episode, they got this far and they're like, yeah. You know, what's a couple questions that you would say they needed to ask themselves before they take this leap? Because as you mentioned, it's not as easy as, as some people might portray it. There's some work involved. So what are some things people need to do in terms of a self-assessment if launching a, a venture like something similar to what you did uh, would be right for them? Mm-hmm.
1: First thing, uh, always have a plan B. You know, it sounds pessimistic, but you, you have to understand that it's likely you'll fail. Uh, maybe not entirely, but uh, certainly in certain aspects of, of a business venture, you'll fail. So what's your plan B, especially, you know, if you got a family and, and, and whatnot and other considerations, you, you need to make sure that there's an exit plan for you. And if you're single and, and younger and, you know, you can manage maybe without, but definitely a plan B is, is needed. Beyond that, I, I think, you know, you, you really have to ask yourself, am I a a people person? And I know that, uh, you know, a lot of people might think they are, uh, you know, certainly in in being in healthcare and physical therapy, it's, it's a people business. You're dealing with people and yes, it's, it's, um, relating to, you know, injuries and, and medical situations, but it's a people business and you have to really ask yourself, do you like dealing with people? And, if the answer is maybe or certain people, then this it, is probably not a good idea for you because, you know, you don't get to pick and choose what people you deal with when you start a business like this. You're, you're, you're there for everyone that wants to come in and yeah. be a part of the ecosystem. And there are people that I have to talk to that I don't particularly care for and I, I don't enjoy those conversations. But, you know what, you, you're a professional and you have to do it. And whether it's face-to-face or via email or whatever it is, you know, are you a people person is, is huge. And I think, you know, importantly too. good physical therapists, don't always make good business physical therapy, business people. And there's a huge difference between being a good therapist and a good business person, completely different side of the brain. You know, I've had some therapists try to work with me that were just highly credentialed and uh, amazing therapists. And they didn't have that, that aspect of, of, uh, being, you know, connected with with someone face to face with a client and being able to, you know, converse with them on multiple levels. So you, you have to ask yourself: Do do you have that business acumen, which um, isn't really taught in schools, unless you know you have some sort of undergrad in you know, business or maybe or maybe gone on to get an MBA or something? With some PTS do, but it, it is completely different skill set. Being a, a good clinical physical therapist versus a good business physical therapist. Yeah. I, I think that's a huge, huge question people need to ask. themselves.
0: Uh, again, the website is conciergephysicaltherapist.com and on Instagram at conciergephysicaltherapist. Uh, Brian, are you ready to play three questions? All right, let's
2: do it. On the hot seat with three questions on the PT Pinecast. All
0: right, uh, three questions brought to you by our friends at Arius Medical Staffing. If you're thinking about travel physical therapy as something right for you, whether you're a new grad, a seasoned professional, check them out online at aureusmedical.com. Positions in all 50 states and Washington, D.C. Don't want to leave out the capital. All settings, too. Uh, A lot of times people think it's it's just outpatient orthopedics. It's not. Inpatient, outpatient, pediatrics, geriatrics. Let your physical therapy license take you where you want to go. go literally find them online at aureusmedical.com that is medical.com so the first question brian is a where question where's somewhere in the 50 u.s states that you wouldn't mind going for maybe a short-term
1: assignment as a pt very challenging question to be honest yeah. with you I- i'm gonna assume i'm gonna assume i'm single without kids is sure that okay? why not is that a fair let's swing right? for okay. the fences. You know, I'm a big fan of, of Burlington, Vermont. Um, I've been there a couple times, and uh, certainly, you know, I'm an East Coast kid that is now living in Dallas, Texas, so I, I miss, you know, the East Coast. And, uh, you know, we haven't talked about our beer choices yet, but you, yeah. you are going to be, you know, in heaven if you luck your double IPAs. Um, in Burlington, Vermont. So I think yeah. that would be pretty high on the list for me. That's yeah. great.
0: Again, so Burlington, Vermont, wherever there's people, there's a need for PTs. So you can do it. A-U-R-E-U-S medical.com. Vermont, definitely on the list. And yeah, as a, as a guy who grew up in New York, the, the real skiing for me on the East Coast was when you got to uh, to Vermont to really enjoy that. Plus, yes, the uh, the beers at the end of the run, they just taste better when they're real double they do. IPAE uh, after a long yep. day of a slope. Second question is a what question. What's something you've watched, listened to, you read that really inspired you that you'd suggest to the audience?
1: Yeah. So, as I said, I'm living in Dallas, Texas right now, which means I'm in the car a lot.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it is a car car culture out here. So, I, I've been really into podcasts since I moved here two years ago. I, I tend to gravitate towards a couple business related podcasts, namely How I Built That, yes. uh, which is, or How I Built This, I believe is the, the actual title which uh, I forget the the, the, Guy, um, the guy's name. Guy Raz. There you go, Guy Raz. But you know, just really interested in how people have built a business. And obviously with that podcast, it's a lot of tech uh, tech related businesses, yep. but I think there's a lot of carryover into what I'm doing and what I'm trying to do. You know, namely when, when these founders and CEOs of companies that you know, a lot of us have heard of, whether it's Airbnb or Away or something like that, they all face, monumental challenges especially early on and how they navigate that that challenge and overcome it and how they learn from it is really uh, i think an interesting thing and, and certainly how how the company evolves from those those challenges is really really interesting to to that point with uh, business related stuff masters of scale uh, yep. is also uh with reed hoffman is a very interesting podcast about how to grow the business from you know everyone has an idea and you know ideas are worth a dime a dozen yep. these days it's how do you how do you implement that and more importantly how do you take it from you know what's in your head and scale it to something that that is you know beyond you know, what's in your head and that that's a great podcast something else business wars which is a, oh, i haven't heard uh, of it. no it, it's an interesting podcast about Two companies in the same industry, whether it's say um, IBM and and Microsoft or Hershey's and Mars, right? And they they talk about the evolution of those businesses uh, side by side and yeah. how how they they you know one one will take over more market share and how the other business responded. Very interesting, you know to 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 learn about these, you know, really well-known companies that a lot of us have just grown up with, whether yeah. it's Apple and, you know, IBM or net, even Netflix versus Blockbuster, right. these these things that, you know, you don't really know the backstory behind. And again, uh, I'm always amazed at, at these huge companies that are, you know, multi-billion dollar a year revenue companies that... Back in the day, what you know, fifteen years, twenty years after they they were formed, that they are on the door of failure. Yep. and uh, there is something that needs to be um, accounted for at that moment by their CEO or by their board to resurrect the company, to shift the shift focus of the company. and it's very interesting to me how these companies have been able to do that.
0: Yeah, if you're uh if you're listening to to any of these podcasts that Brian just mentioned, or if you follow a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk, listen the information out there that you would probably get from an MBA, I'm not saying don't get an MBA, but there's so much that you can glean from free resources like podcasts and all the ones that you just you mentioned know. are fantastic. I hadn't heard of the last one, but I'm going to. But I mean, Guy Raz, exactly, taking you through the course of a business that you know, and you're like, well, yeah, they've just yep. always been successful. Well, no, at one point, you know, <laughs> you know uh, Airbnb was 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 going to be something completely different, and then they just, yeah. they just made a reaction, and you can learn so many lessons from them, even if they're, as you said, not in your industry, these are, these are mm-hmm. business. These are people reactions to, uh, to issues. So, uh, well said third question on three question is a who question. Yeah. Who's someone in the audience mm-hmm. should know more about?
1: Yeah. You know, I, we talked a little bit about social media and, and physical therapists and PT business, um, on social media. There's a couple of guys that, that I've really latched onto. Um, one's on Facebook. Uh, his name is Anthony Moriardo. Yep. I probably spelled it incorrect or said it incorrectly, but Anthony has started a Facebook group that really helps. I think it's called mostly cash based PTs with the Medicare credentialing. It, it, it helps people navigate Medicare credentialing and Medicare issues. And he, he's done a very good job with videos and explaining the whole PICO system and how you enroll and how do you do 855Bs and Rs. It, it's really, you know, I think for someone that's even uh, considering uh, venturing off into a Medicare revenue stream, it's it, it definitely got to check it out because the way he lays out answers to questions is really straightforward.
0: Yeah. And he's um, he, he self-admitted as someone who was, you know, quote, not good at a lot of this stuff in terms of like, because he does a lot yeah. of content creation as well. And watching yeah. him say, I need to be good at this. And the only person that's going to help me is me. So he just went and learned stuff.
1: Yeah, and that, that's how you have to do it a lot of times, you yeah. know. Um, I, I've, I've said to him, you know, man, I wish you were around 10 years ago because yeah. it would have, uh, you know, saved me a lot of time. And that, that's really what it, it, it is. It's a sure. lot of time figuring out things and what do you know and how to, you know, what don't you know. The other guy is uh, on Instagram, Jerry Durham PT at Jerry Durham PT. Yeah. Jerry, uh, he, I believe, used to own a couple outpatient orthopedic clinics, and he has since shifted to sort of business consulting.
2: Yep. Um,
1: what I like about Jerry is he, he's not about the clinical side necessarily. He's not about, you know, do these exercises and the, you know, blood flow restriction and all that stuff. He's about the, the client experience and what, what does it mean for a, a new client, a new patient that walks through your door or calls your business? What? How do you really nail every point of that interaction as a, as a PT business owner? And he will say that your front desk is arguably the single most important aspect of, of your PT business. Um, because if they're not converting on calls, converting on emails, whatever your system is, you're, you're losing business. And uh, he has uh, really nailed a, a lot of um, what I feel is, is really important about owning a PC clinic is that the whole client experience. Yeah, Jer- everything Jer- from
0: Jerry would be nodding along uh, from when you're saying that you're yeah. the CEO, but you're, <laughs> but you're answering the phone. He's like, yeah, or you yeah. crafted that email down to the comma. Yeah, it matters. Exactly.
1: It absolutely matters. And people, you know, clients, prospective clients, they can tell the difference. You know, I think he really has helped a lot of a lot of clinics um, understand that, and, and really shore up a lot of their their front desk process. Um, and, and help them, you know, essentially convert more clients.
2: Yeah,
0: well said. That's three questions. You're off the hot seat. The three questions brought to you by Arius Medical Staffing. Again, if you, uh, you're you free to move about the country with that PT license, Arius can help you do that. A-U-R-E-U-S medical dot com. Um, and one thing that comes up is, well, if I have a license, but I want to go to a different state, how do I do that? They've got people that can help you navigate that. If you're moving from one state to another for a short-term assignment, CEUs or taxes or housing, they've got people on board that can help you do that as well. Been doing it for more than two decades They'd like to help you check it out right now. So check them, A-U-R-E-U-S-Medical.com. That is A-U-R-E-U-S-Medical.com. Last thing we do on the show, Brian, is The Parting Shot.
2: This is The Parting Shot.
0: The Parting Shot is brought to you by Rock Tape. Rock Tape is more than just a tape company. They're a movement company, bringing you not only the world's finest kinesiology tape, but movement courses to help you get your patients moving stronger, longer. Make sure to check out your medical provider pricing right now at Rock. Rocktape.com slash medical. That's rocktape.com slash medical to get your hands on rock tape, rock blades, rock pods, and rock floss. Again, rocktape.com slash medical. That is rocktape.com slash medical. Parting shot is your last chance for like a, a mic drop moment. Like what would you want to be on your PT your PT tombstone for the profession to to remember long after you're gone? What's your parting shot?
1: You know, I started this business because like a lot of therapists out there, you wanted to to have a better way to practice your profession to really affect people's lives one on one and you know we we are always looking for pts to work with us whether it's a side hustle or something you know more more steady um you know if if i didn't have a good network of people around me this would never be successful so i'm just really thankful for you know my wife giving me that that support initially and the people that are working with me now um, not only love working under this model but I am so thankful to them because, you know, it, it, it's not a one-man show. It, it's, you know, a lot of like-minded therapists that are enjoying this model uh, and helping it all work. Yeah.
0: It's, uh, we're people people. We're people business, and we solve people problems with people solutions. That's the best way to do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, ConciergePhysicalTherapist.com, and again on Instagram, at ConciergePhysicalTherapists. Brian, appreciate the insight. Thanks for stopping by, man.
1: I appreciate it, Jimmy. Have a great day.
2: The P.T. Pinecast is a product of P.T. Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by P.T. Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.
0: Want to thank Brooks IHL. That's Brooks Rehabilitation Institute of Higher Learning, offering residencies, fellowship education, orthopedics, women's health, geriatrics, neurologic, PT Pediatric Sports. That's an overview of their residencies. Check out what they have to offer at brooksihl.org. World-class educational opportunities to the local and regional community. Check them out brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. ptpodcast.com. Created by Build PT.